0: Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in the Word with us today. Today's Gospel comes from the book of Matthew, the third chapter beginning with the 13th verse. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased." It's good to be with you again, friends, on this day and in this message where we remember Jesus' own baptism at the Jordan River. It's a story in the Gospels that is very confusing um, to the very first Christians, those who were writing the good news that, that we now proclaim and read and speak. Jesus' baptism by John in the Jordan River was a bit of a conundrum for the early church. You might remember that the last time maybe that I was with you on the fourth Sunday in Advent, I talked with you about all of the names and sayings that Jesus Emmanuel, about the way that Jesus Emmanuel's name means, the God who saves is with us. And so those very first disciples wondered, why does the God who saves who is with us need to show up to receive a baptism for repentance? Surely the God who saves doesn't need to repent. Over the years, I've Reflected on this very same passage, and I've answered that question in various ways. Maybe Jesus' baptism is a way of him claiming that his name, Emmanuel, is really a way of showing us that God is fully with us, even entering into our need for repentance. Maybe it's Jesus' way of showing that he embraces his call to humble himself and to fully take on our human condition, even the condition of sin. In this book of 2 Corinthians, Paul will say it this way. He will say, For our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Those might be some reasons why the gospel writers included this story of the baptism of Jesus. I read yet another article this week suggesting that by being baptized, Jesus is revealing something about the communal nature of human identity. We are created for and in community and in relationship, which means that when we talk about sin, we're not just referring to our own internal and an individual turning away from God. We're also talking about the sins of our community that we inherit, even if we as individuals play no direct part in them. Sometimes we forget that our Lutheran understanding of sin is not primarily individual moral failure, however our culture defines that failure, but rather sin signifies a broken relationship with God, and that break is often a communal problem. There is a bishop in my church who serves in the Texas, Louisiana, Gulf Coast area. His name is Mike Reinhart, And in reflecting on this text, he reminds us that Jesus rarely chides individuals for anything except maybe self-righteousness. Instead, he mourns the sins of the nation. We will hear this at the end of the church year in November, as we get to the end of Matthew's gospel. And we will hear Jesus tell a parable of sheep and goats, which begins... When the Son of Man comes, all the nations will be gathered before him for judgment. Jesus is talking there about all nations, not simply individuals and the choices that we make in our lives. So this all leads to this question, this conundrum that shapes this story of Jesus' baptism. Why is Jesus baptized? Maybe... Jesus is showing us how to turn away from the communal break in our relationship with our Creator. Or maybe he's showing us something about humility and solidarity. But as I reflect on this text this week, I get—I can't get past the name. Maybe it's because of all of those names for Messiah that we lifted up in our extended Advent earlier, Those names that we sing about in the great Advent hymn, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and Wisdom, and King of Nations, and Key of David, and Dayspring, and Branch of Jesse, and Lord of Might. But here in today's Gospel reading, Matthew is going to give yet another name by which we should know Jesus. To help understand this, I just want you to call back to Pastor Hoffman's message a week ago. It's that one where she talked about how the Magi named Jesus as a king. But the only reason that they named him as a king was because God had used the stars that they were skilled at reading to reveal this to them. God used in that instance a hidden wisdom, astronomy, to reveal Jesus' identity as king to strangers from another land. And even before that in Matthew's Gospel, God reveals Jesus' name and identity to Joseph. But God also does this in the secret language of a dream, a dream that is known only to Joseph. It's in that dream where the angel appears to Joseph and says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. This child, the angel says, is from the Holy Spirit. This is a special child with a God-given purpose. And as proof, the angel tells Joseph, the child's name shall be Jesus Emmanuel, the God who saves is with us. Do you see this pattern that Matthew has employed so far in his gospel? As readers, we get to know who Jesus is because we have access to Joseph's dream and the Magi's search. But Jesus is not yet known beyond Matthew's readers. But here, at the Jordan, in today's Gospel, as Jesus comes out of the waters, a voice speaks from the heavens. This is my son, my beloved. So far, all the names of Jesus, which reflect his identity, have been spoken to particular people. But here at his baptism, God's voice speaks for all who are present and proclaims, This is my son. God's son. Let there be no doubt this Jesus Emmanuel, whose name has been revealed in a dream, whose birth has been celebrated by foreign kings, this same Jesus Emmanuel now receives God's own affirmation This is my son. My beloved, God is telling all of those who have gathered to receive John's baptism and all of us who listen in that this Jesus, who we see and who we hear, is worth listening to, is worth attending to, is worthy of our worship and praise because he is God's own son. This affirmation is essential because as Jesus begins his ministry, he is about to speak to all kinds of words that will challenge our assumptions of what it, about what it means to be God's son alive in the world. He will preach about those who are blessed in God's eyes, which are going to turn our head on all of the notions of blessings that we carry. He will proclaim forgiveness and extend grace, and he will often do it to people that we think are undeserving or unworthy. This Jesus is going to do all kinds of things that fly in the face of the expectations and the assumptions of the people around him. And so it is essential that as his public ministry begins, we hear God's voice claim who Jesus is, and that voice says, this is my son. Remember that name, my son. We will hear it again in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus' baptism is the time and the place that God chooses chooses to speak and to make Jesus' name and identity known to all people. This is my son, the beloved. And I wonder... As I think about this story, and as I wonder about this conundrum of why Matthew included it, I wonder if this is what happens when we are baptized as well. There are all kinds of names and identities by which we are known and called in our own lives. What are some of those names that have been given to you over the years? I'm thinking of our given names. For me, it's Amy. But I'm also thinking of the named roles that we carry. For me, it's often pastor. People don't even use Amy. They'll just say pastor. It's a name that I carry. And maybe for you, that name is dad or mom or son or daughter or some other name like that. I'm also thinking about the names that carry our sense of accomplishment in this world. Names like graduate, professional, entrepreneur, hard worker. And also I'm thinking about those names that carry our sense of failures. You know what those names might be for you. We all carry various names. Names that identify us, names that label us, names that attempt to define us, to categorize us, sometimes to disparage us, or even discourage us. And still, still, in the waters of baptism, as happened for Jesus, God bypasses all of those names and looks on us, created in God's own image, and names us child. Child. It's not a new name. It's a public affirmation of the name by which God has always known us, always will know us. And it's a name that grounds us in God's promise. No matter what other voices call us by other names, this name of child tells us you are enough. Nothing can separate you from God's love. And with you, with you, my friends, God is well pleased. I wonder if that is what this story of baptism is all about. For Jesus, it's about God proclaiming his identity as God's own son. And for us, our baptism is God's opportunity to affirm what has always been true. We are created in God's image And no matter how we live out that image in our lives, we are also God's own child. Beloved, chosen, named, claimed, promised, a life in eternity. All you have to do if you ever have doubt is to wash your hands through some water pour it over your forehead, make a sign of a cross, and speak those words. I am a child, God's child. May that name fill you with all joy and hope in believing that you may abound in Christ's love today and always. We hope you've been fed by the Word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at theword at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.